You are listening to the Maynard Leadership Show with Desi Maynard and Jeremy Klein. Hey, everybody. We're going to get right to the show, but I just wanted to remind you that if you'd like to see some of what we're talking about broken down, like on a whiteboard in front of you on video using your eyeballs and probably some other uh, valuable original content, go check out our Maynard Leadership YouTube channel, uh, which is absolutely free as well. See you there. Now let's get rocking in today's show on how to break a sales slump in three easy steps. How's it going, everybody? My name is Jeremy Klein. This is, as you know, Desi Maynard. Welcome to the show. Um, we're going to talk about breaking a sales slump today. So I want you to imagine, and maybe you guys have experienced or have, have had this in, in your guys' business and in the past, you've had a ton of success. Yeah. You've done very well. You have a product and a service that has served clients over time and in a very valuable way. But all of a sudden, the dots aren't connecting. Yeah. All of a sudden, you can't close a sale. Projects aren't hitting. You're just you're just not closing, and you start to tailspin. Yeah, you call it the yips. Yeah. Uh, man, I fell into a rut. Uh, baseball, I really hit a slump. Obviously, that's where we got today's title, the sales slump. But uh, you know, we've covered a few mindset myths last week. But today, going to dive into. What understanding a sales slump and I'm going to give you three steps on how to overcome it and hit the reset button, right? Yeah, how to break that cycle. Um, you may have heard it said in business as well as in sales that it's, a, it's 80% psychological yeah. and 20% mechanics. The mechanics of what you do, you've, you've turned the key and unlocked it, that's 20%. The day-to-day, the how you do the job. But Absolutely. here is where all of that takes shape. It's 80% mental. This is really, in Mandesi for me, was one of the biggest mind-blown moments mm-hmm. is understanding that. Understanding that I got to be honest with myself and dig in here yeah. to understand, okay, how do I break this cycle? There's a lot of ways that you're going to get stuck in your head. How do you break out of that? Yeah, and what comes out of my mouth or I do with my hands, it started here Mm -hmm. in your head. So we have to make sure that that's right. Now, yeah, there's some tactical, you know, strategic actions that we're going to take, uh, but those don't matter if our mind's not right. Right. You know, and I fell into this slump. Many times, mm-hmm. many times, you know, and, and a lot of clients, that's why we're coming in uh, is to get them out of that slump. So we're going to look at a few uh, main points on this, Desi, and then look at, man, how do we break out of this? What are some steps that we can take to put some focus into, man, getting, getting rid of the yips? Yeah, absolutely. So step number one, understanding negativity bias. Man, Talk this- to us about negativity bias. Teach us through it. I'm going to write on the board here. This is a big one. Um, Talk about everyday thoughts. Research shows that we as humans have anywhere from 50 to 80,000 thoughts every single day. 50 to 80,000 thoughts. The problem is research also shows that the vast majority of these are negative and repetitive. Yeah. That's a lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts that it's like this mixtape that we have on a loop, right? Fill in the blanks. You're not 
this enough. You're mm-hmm. not good enough. You're not, you know, talented enough. You're not skilled enough. Why should I be doing this in the first place? Yep. You know what? All that success, Desi, that you had back there, that was luck. <laughs> As luck would have it. What a coincidence. I have succeeded. Yep. So, yeah, now we're looking at, okay, um, everything is on a loop. Everything is negative. It's, you know, typically 70 to 80% of that is the same stuff. Yeah. And can be negative stuff. Um, Let's talk about why that is. I mean, our brains ultimately have evolved and developed to run from the saber-toothed tiger. Right? Yeah, literal survival. Yeah, it's, it's really why our brain is designed is to keep us alive. Yeah, if we did something different uh, or mm-hmm. we, you know, we left the, 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 the campfire, we, we died, mm-hmm. like literal death. Um, so that's where, all, that's where all that roots from is literal instinctive survival. Yeah, and so understanding that is, is a big deal, right? You want to make sure that uh, we can hone in on, but knowing first, man, it's mostly negative. That makes sense yeah. because this is how we've evolved. And my brain's not there to, keep, to have me uncomfortable. It's yeah. there to keep me comfortable. My brain does not want to burn calories because that's discomfort. Right. That is stay away. I want to yeah. resist pain, resist. We talk a ton about success is just on the other side of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. How do I break out of that comfort zone when my brain is saying, stay in bed, hit the snooze button. This is, it's, this is uncomfortable. We're pushing into uncharted territory here. Yeah. And then it's, ah, oh, I should have done this. And see, this is why you're a fool. This is why you screwed up. And that's where that can tailspin even yeah, more. Yeah, a, a great example of that. When we talk to a lot of our clients about objections, having the ability to step out of your comfort zone and when you get that objection like ask a question about it mm-hmm. which is super scary i mean first time i did that i was scared to death thought i was gonna get hung up on you know and they gave me a great answer um but that's just a tiny example there a stepping stepping out of your of your comfort zone so those everyday thoughts um matter so much we have so many of them and it's 80 percent of the battle So walk us through the next step here. Um, Well, again, getting back to the negativity is we got to avoid the trap of negativity. we got to look at, okay, if it's that much more that I'm focused on that's negative than positive, i got to look at how do I make that Teflon in the positive Velcro? How do I flip that script a little bit? The fear of loss or the negativity bias that we have inherently in us says that I'm two to three times more likely to focus on the negative yeah. than I am the positive. In fact, you've been in sports all your life. Oh, yeah. Um, how much more does a loss hit than a win? Well, here's an example of that. I played in the big house one time, University of Michigan, 150,000 people. 115,000 people in attendance, national television, and I was a center. I airmailed the ball over top of the quarterback's head in front of 115,000 people on national television. I remember that clear as day, like it happened yesterday. 
the next year, we played against them again. I was player of the week. I couldn't remember one play in that game. Isn't that crazy? That is absolutely insane, man. It happens every day to every leader, to every sales pro out there. I remember um, in his book, Andre Agassi, tennis great of, you know, long ago, he had said that the pain of losing lasts way longer and is way more impactful than the joy of a win. Oh my gosh, yes. So we got to reinforce that. We got to try to flip, and we'll talk about some of the application here in in, in the future, but we got to first know inherently Mm -hmm. I'm on a loop and I'm designed, does it make me bad? As a species, we're designed to hold on to that. Yeah. And how do we get that taken care of? The second point in that is a guy named John Acuff wrote a book called Soundtracks, which actually deals mostly with this loop. He calls it a soundtrack or a mixtape. And he says that um, a few things your brain builds on the habit of negativity are lying about your memories. Yeah. So that's one. And I kind of just explained that one right there. Confusing fake trauma with real trauma. Okay, trauma. Yeah, Talk about that. And here's another thing that... uh, uh, we'll talk about with our subconscious, but this hammers this home is it believes what it already believes. The confirmation bias. Walk them through that a little bit. So I already believe that if I'm stuck in a loop that I can't sell. Right now I'm just, okay. I had a string of success, Desi. Last month was um, horrible. That means this month is horrible. Yeah. Right? I, I, I'm going to say the success was luck, but I'm going to validate because I already inherently believe that I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm an imposter. How am I doing this position as a business owner? How am I doing this position when right now things just keep unraveling and falling apart? Yeah. My brain believes what it already believes. Confusing fake trauma for real trauma. Your brain, the same parts of your brain that fire up in the flight or flight, or fight or flight, um, during um, a perceived fear yeah. of losing the sale, uh-huh. right? You said my mind immediately went back to the time that I airmailed yes, this as a center, yep. right? That is. A, in some ways when that hits, the same type of trauma that you can experience when actually having. We're no longer running from a saber-toothed tiger. Right, and think about how scared and worried and fearful I was going into the next next time time. in that same exact position. Mm -hmm. And like that happens in sales all the time. You'll you'll get in the exact same scenario and that thought comes in your head of whatever that last one was. Yep. You know, and a lot of times, even if it was good, well, they got the middle program, not the top tier program. And mm-hmm. you just attach that negativity back again. So, I mean, it, it affects us all the time. Yeah. Uh, look, another thing that it does, and this was the first one, was lies about your memories. Mm-hmm. Over time, we can witness something that happened a year ago, you and I. We're going to have a different perceptions of it. And then we're going to probably skew the details a little bit, not because we're fabricating or lying, but our imagination, our creativity, how we thought that came about, 
is going to emphasize that loop even more. Absolutely. So all of those things compile into creating these soundtracks for you. Okay. Um, so walk us through, like, how is it, how do I exactly, how do I understand my negativity bias? Yeah. And how can I apply that to when I wake up tomorrow morning and I got 30 calls to make? Yeah, the biggest thing is really just uh, aligning your focus. Okay. I, I got to first understand, right? We've talked about this. I need to be aware that this is real. So understanding this. Yep. And then I have to be uh, intentional. We talk a lot about paying attention to and being intentional on. Yep. Right? So I would say giving it attention, it's easily overlooked because we're often on default rather than design. Desi, since I have that mixtape on repeat, I don't have to do a whole lot. I just hit a loop and it's just playing. Yeah, does it on its own. But instead, if I'm going to say I'm aware that most of my thoughts are this and they stick more, I need to realign that. And if that means if it's two to three times more negative and fear than it is positive and gain, then how do I fill my yeah. brain and my focus and my attention on those things yeah. two to three times more than what's experienced here. So you're saying like I have to actively have a conversation with myself yep. and not let the status quo happen. Because if I just hit play, so to speak, that mixtape's going to happen. Absolutely. So I think an absolutely uh, amazing influence out there, his name's David Goggins. And uh, what he says here, which I, you know, I think is a, a, a value shot to you guys, check it out. The most important conversations you will ever have are the ones you have with yourself. All right, so understand that negativity bias, focus your thoughts, and have those intentional, active conversations with yourself to make sure that you're you know, approaching it the right way with the right mindset Yeah, to overcome the slump. All right, so that's number one. What's number two? Well, let's adjust the narrative. That's really what that is. And getting back to Goggins' quote, what you tell yourself matters most, but is also the most easy to neglect, and it's also most overlooked. Yep. So first I have to have the understanding of where some of these thoughts come in. Um, and also, you know, understanding that we have thoughts, we aren't thoughts. Now, a lot of people say you are what you think. What happens is, is your outcome and behavior comes first from your beliefs, then your thoughts, yes. then your actions. But if I can be an observer of my thoughts, knowing that a lot of these can be negative, right. as the observer and the person in control of that, I can readjust that. And so that's really, how do I adjust that narrative? Um, talked about 50 to 80,000 thoughts. Let's talk about the difference between your conscious awareness and your subconscious awareness. Okay. okay. Um, studies show that our conscious mind processes bits of information at 40 to 50 bits per second. Seems like a lot, That's even though, a lot. I mean, as ADD as I can be, <laughs> right? I, I only can focus on one or two things at a time, and even that sometimes... I yeah, can get easily well, you distracted. You hear that myth, too, that um, multitasking. Yeah. 
Absolute myth. Like you're never going to be able to be optimal unless you can just pinpoint and focus one thing. But our conscious brain, 40 to 50 bits per second. Our subconscious awareness is anywhere from 4 to 10 million bits per second. So a little, pretty little crazy, bit more. crazy ratio Yeah, there. like a few more bits per second in your subconscious. Right. Um, overall, 90% of our overall function, brain function, thoughts, cognition, all of that, 90% of it's subconscious. So that subconscious is really uh, steering the ship. It's, it, it's running the... The control center. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is more powerful um, than your conscious. And it also does, um, as we've talked about with the loop, yeah. what you're consistently telling it. So that's like the good about that. When we've talked about, oh, no, everything is negative, doom and gloom, 50 to 80,000 thoughts. So that's what they're saying when they say, like, you become what you think about. It's because you're changing your subconscious, which is 90%. That's the that key. That makes sense. Gotcha. That's the key. That it, it's way more powerful than your conscious because it's processing so much more information. And what it's doing is it's reinforcing what you're telling it. Yeah. Okay? It's consistent. So that's the good thing. It's like so powerful and strong that its processing speed is way more and its yeah. memory is way more. But... I don't want to use the word stupid, but it's going to do what you tell it consistently, no matter if it's true or not. So it's that behind the scenes, in the dark, when no one is watching, mm -hmm. when I'm sitting there on my phone, not talking to anyone, it's that part of it. Yeah. That is reinforcing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Every time I have that thought of, I should have got the sale, I should have got the sale, I should have got the sale. I should have changed the proposal. I should have changed the proposal. Yeah. Every time. Now that's making that stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Okay. And that's, man, that's the key because whether it's true or not, you're telling your subconscious that it's true. So that perceived truth becomes an ingrained truth to you. It's building. It's making that nerve stronger. Correct. For the worse. Yeah. And so understanding, okay, this is going to do what I tell it to do. I can be in control of this. So right? control your own narrative. Exactly. Yeah. How exactly do we do that? Um, well, the, the biggest thing is, is the uh, consistency. We talk okay. oftentimes about intensity versus consistency. Simon Sinek gave a great example of this. And when we're looking at the differences in consistency versus intensity, Desi, you're... Fit dude, you've been uh, working out. You've uh, played sports for a good minute. Yeah. Um, why don't you just work out for 10 hours a day, one day a month? You're never going to work out consistently. You're just going to put it all in and just work it eight hours one day. So here's how I learned this lesson. When I played college football, every time we would come back, from a break, spring break, Christmas break, whatever it was, we would have a conditioning test. I would wait till the last day of break <laughs> and like really try to crank it out and be like, okay, I think I got this. I failed twice, which is horrible because you have Dawn Patrol, 5 a.m. every day running that same test over and over again until you pass it. Okay. Wow. That is where I learned the law of intensity versus consistency. Uh, because now, when I went on break after that, 
I just ran a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. And man, guess what? I never lost my fitness. I never lost my cardiovascular. Came back and never failed another test. Yeah. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's such a small tweak, but massive result difference. Yeah, and there's so many examples. Like, you're not going to brush your teeth once a month. I sure hope not. <laughs> right? You're going to take a shower once a year. Yeah. Right? Since what we tell ourselves matters most and, and knowing that it is the most neglected and overlooked, start there and say, man, what daily habits? We're going to talk about some of the things that have helped us, have certainly helped myself, but making sure that I'm going to be consistent and daily walking through that. Um, you're going to see much more results than, yeah, I tried that once. Yeah. You know what? I, I learned that one time and it just, it didn't work out. So woe is me. I'm going to focus every day knowing that I have to start my day with a consistency. Could be 10, 15 minutes, could be 20 minutes. Um, we're going to go through some examples of that, but first, Understand that it's going to take some consistency. Once that happens, Absolutely. your brain's going to start to trigger, and you'll start to see things differently because you got a different mixtape. you got a different loop that's playing now. Yeah, and I mean, Jeremy, you know how much I absolutely love consistency, love the word. It's one of the main values of manual leadership. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that my dad taught me, that my grandpa taught me, was, you know, be the same guy on Sunday morning that you were Saturday night and vice versa yeah. and, and, and show up. Um, consistency becomes so important, whether you're a leader, whether you're a sales pro, whether you're just a team member, show up so that people know what to expect of you. Um, and you're doing the thing over and over and over again. You know, eat decently healthy all the time instead of, you know, starving yourself for three months. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, the consistency over time is going to yield that result that you want. And you're eventually going to hit that exponential curve yeah. um, that will really get you out of it. So you can apply this to sales um, in your follow up and your phone calls, mm -hmm. uh, how you're documenting things. I mean, all of, of the things and all of the areas here that we'll dive into uh, as well. But one, I think a great analogy that I that I love to to kind of lay out is think of a massive boulder, and in the middle of that boulder, there's like a one ounce nugget of gold, okay? The first guy comes up and uses a half stick of dynamite, throws it on the rock, the rock breaks about in half, okay? And then you have the second person that comes up and he takes one pick and he hits that rock over and over mm -hmm. and over and over and over, and over again, and eventually that rock breaks right in half, and the golden nugget is right there for him. All because he was willing to stick it out and do the same thing over and over, over, and, over and over again, because he knew eventually I'm gonna find the soft spot in that rock, it's gonna break in half, I'm gonna have that golden nugget. Yeah, how many times do we stop short? Man, if we would have done one more. Yep, Right. Absolutely. If we would have done two more hits. If we'd have done one more chance, yeah. how much of a difference that would make? And that, yeah. I mean, that comes out in like sales training. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're a sales pro, if you're trying to sell something, but yeah, they trained me last year when I onboarded, like, no, 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 no. That was in the intensity. There should be consistency. You should be training daily. Right. 
right? At least allotting some of that time, just like I needed to be running daily, right? Because mama said I'm husky. I can't just run for an hour and be good. <laughs> I got to run every day, okay? Yeah, absolutely. It's not I've been trained. It's I'm training. It's a consistent yeah. Absolutely. So we've got to understand neg- the negativity bias. Yeah. And now when we know ourselves and we know our, our, the negative bias that we have, we can fix that by adjusting our narrative. Yeah. Okay. We control the narrative, our subconscious mind and how we're dealing with that and what story we're building in there. Mm-hmm. And over and over and over again, the consistency of it. Let's talk about, so number three here is getting in the right state. So walk us through number three here. How do we apply that? How does that get us to finally overcome this sales slump and start closing it down again? And what was the... um, Getting out of the yips. Yes, getting out of the yips. Getting out of the yips and making it it happen and and being the the top dog. You're the guy or the girl with the bulldog on their desk. So it's like this, and it says top dog on it. I saw that one time in a sales organization. <laughs> thought it was so cool. You're like, hey, I was like, we got to get a top dog. So <laughs> go get yourself a top dog and, and reward your, your top guy or girl uh, with that thing. But teach right. us how to get in the right state. All right, so in the right state, and for, um, you know, we're not talking about the right state being Michigan. Sorry, Ohio State fans. We're talking about the state of mind, state of being. We can not only change our thoughts and our thinking, but we can change actually our physiology. Okay. Yeah. Tony Robbins says, um, "What you focus on, you ultimately feel." Sometimes we do that the opposite, and I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That's like me saying, "I'm going to go to the gym when I'm in shape." Right? You hear that so often. Yeah, like I'm gonna diet when I've already lost the weight. Once I get that together, I'll. Like, it's the opposite. Your action follows that. And so, um, right, when we change the way that we look at things, the things that we look at ultimately change. How do I do that? Well, um, there's a couple things. If you're only focusing on your failures, your slumps, Customers that didn't buy. Um, how, how's that going to make you feel, Desi? Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Uh, and if it happens enough, then I'll start to get into that depressed mode. And like, I'm not enough. I must not be good at this thing. But it starts with, for me, it's going to start with anger, rage, frustration. Yeah. And I'll try to overcome it by sheer force of will. Uh, but if it still doesn't work, then I'm going to take it. Yeah, because that's all you're thinking I'm about. Whoosh, crash and burn. You're thinking about the last guy that didn't buy. You're thinking Absolutely. about the airmail at the big house. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking about all of these things, and that's my focus. Okay, now that's been on your mind all morning. You have a sales call at 11 a.m. How's that new sales call going to affect because of what you've been thinking about for the last two hours? Not, I mean, not good. I'm going gonna, gonna to find a way to self-sabotage mm-hmm. the call. Uh, and I'm going to do it subconsciously and not even know it. Yeah. And, and they're not going to buy, and it's going to take me further and further down that black hole. And now your slump is, you know, 30 days long instead, right. of, five, instead of five minutes. Yeah. Right? If you follow this process, that slump, we can remove it completely and take it from a two-month slump to a five-minute slump by the time you pick up the call. 
to, to approach your next prospect. Now, again, this is, this is with the mindset and considering that you have a product, you've been successful, you have a system that's worked in the past, but, man, you just can't mm-hmm. hit the ball now. Man, you're just in a slump now. If that's not been you and you need help just with the sales, with processes in general, absolutely let us know. This is how do I get out of my own head or get that working for me instead yeah. of against me. And if all I'm thinking about and focusing on are those negative thoughts, mm-hmm. it's going to produce more negativity. If all I'm thinking of are the problems, it's going to create and manifest more problems. Yeah. So like, walk me through this on a tactical level. Like when I wake up tomorrow, mm-hmm. how, how do I get in the right state? Well, again, I don't want it to, this is going to sound elementary. It's not super sexy. It's not like a super easy, easy button to push. Mm -hmm. It is something though that I can intentionally every single day do this. Okay. When you're living on default, focusing on your problems, which is ultimately what happens to most of us, you're going to get what you expect. That's just going to happen. If I come with intent and instead now think focused what did the last five successes look like? Because I've had some wins. Yeah. I had some, whether it was sales, good closing ratios, whether it was business growing 15, 20, 30%. Um, I've, I've had some of that success. I'm going to put myself there and say, okay, what did that look like? How did I feel? What was the process? Right? I'm thinking about those past successes, not on autopilot, but so intentional to the point that I can tangibly feel it. I can Almost re- like a visceral feeling. I can remember, right? I wasn't rushed. I didn't get in a fight with my wife or kids. I planned my day. I had stuff yeah. set. I actually did my process well. I didn't cut corners. How did that make you feel? Now I'm focused on that. A- it helps you get into that frame of reference. So you're talking like a, a literal visualization yep. of this. Maybe I'm sitting in my car after I've went on a sales call, and I'm just taking five minutes and visualizing that process with the right state of mind. Yeah, I'm just hitting the reset button, I'm focusing, and then I'm visualizing what did that... Now, I'm not thinking, what does that look like? Because I've had past experiences. I want to tap into... Man, what did that look like? Because A, I can viscerally feel that and I remember it and I'm forcing my creativity, right, my right brain now to think about that. Now I can say, okay, I've done it. This is how I can do it. Yeah. I'm putting myself in that position right. And then it's really starting and ending the day right is is the second thing. So part of my routine. Daily routines. If you don't have one, they're incredibly powerful exactly like i i am a lark i'm I'm an early bird so i want to start my morning early right go to the gym spend some time in prayer and meditation maybe journaling setting up my day my wife is the opposite so find what works for you i can't say hey you got to start at 4 a.m every day like jocko willink and post his sweat on social media like that's not but find what works for you the point is, is the start to your day needs to help to readjust and program that, right? So, it's not hitting the snooze button. Yeah. It's not rolling out of bed, throwing on some clothes, going into rush hour traffic, and then 
being in your first meeting? Yeah, so I mean, let, let's get real with it. I, I'll give you an example of mine. I First thing I do, I roll out of bed, I hit the snooze button, but it's only a four minute snooze. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, so it's not actually a snooze, it's a second alarm. <laughs> and it's literally four minutes later, okay? okay? So, I mean, make it real, 5.13 and 5.17, and I'm, I roll on the 17. All right. My clothes are sitting right there, so I immediately put on my workout clothes, and I'm like an absolute mouse, I'm out the door. All right, 5.30, 6.30, I'm working out. I come back, you know, you know do, my, do my, the bathroom routine to get ready for the day, grab my phone, my coffee's done by then, and no one's awake yet. I sit at my kitchen counter very quietly with my, with my phone. I open up the Bible app and I got my cup of coffee. I spend anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on whether the three-year-old or the five-year-old walks out of the bedroom first. Yeah. Right? And so then I use that. That's my time for prayer, for meditation. Um, if I need to read through something, I get my mind right. I ask myself this one, this one major question, why is today going to be an amazing day and how can I make it even better? And I, that's where I try to end that little session of the morning. Then I'm immediately going in and, you know, working with the kids, getting them off school and all that good stuff. And then I'm, you know, take, I, then I take another probably 10 minutes or so to just to reset again before I get into my first coaching call or my first training or something. And it's just like, because for a minute I'll be blah, blah, blah. And then you got to well, wait. I need to center. I need to refocus. Is my mind right? Yeah. And so, I mean, sometimes it's, it's a minute. Mm -hmm. Like literal, like turn the computer screens off, get rid of all the blue light, close my eyes. One minute, walk myself through that. This is going to be a great day. This is going to be amazing training. I was built for this moment. I'm, he I'm right here right now with these people for a reason. And then let's do it. Nothing to it but to do it, right, and walk on the stage. Nice. People, people ask me all the time, you know, do you get nervous? Uh, last time I spoke, I spoke at church. Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I, I'm not going to not go on stage. So I've accepted the fact that I'm going to do it. As long as I get my one or two minutes mm -hmm. to set, you know, to get in that right state, then I'm fine. You know, so maybe you were thinking, how do I actually do this? What times? What are the, that's just an example. You know, use it, don't use it. That's up to you. Yeah, that's, that's good. how I've applied it in my life. Uh, and it's, it's yielded some pretty good results and kept me, uh, you know, in the right state moving forward. Yeah, so it's going to take some trial and error, but it, Absolutely. find what works for you. The point is I'm being intentional. I'm being intentional to myself in how I think, how I act, and that intention is gonna have you do some trial and error, right? How is this yeah. gonna work? So you've given a morning routine. I also say end the day right, right? We wanna self-assess. We wanna do an autopsy of the day, game tape, however you wanna call it. And um, this is dinner table talk, Desi, with my kids, but this is also the process that I go through myself at the end of the day where I ask a series of questions. Um, who did I help today? Yeah. Who did I serve? Yeah. Okay. Um, secondly, who helped me today? Right? 
And this questions. is going to lead. This is going to lead to my last point on gratitude. But that's it, it fosters that. Man, I can be so gratitude, grateful, and thankful. Mm-hmm. Who helped me and who served me today? Yeah. Um, next is what was a success? What did I set out to do that I actually accomplished? Uh-huh. Did I meet a deadline? Did I did I make ten calls? Yeah. I'm in a slump, but I had to make these ten calls. I made them and had some good contacts. So. Right? What did I win? And then lastly is, what did you fail at today? Right? We talked about this in a previous podcast uh, as far as accepting failures in a previous episode. But I want to celebrate those failures. I don't want to be afraid of failure. Yeah. I want to say, okay, man, I gave it a, the good college try and just fell on my face. Man, of, what did I learn from it? A lot of times we'll talk to our clients about um, encouraging their people to fail. Mm-hmm. Fail fast. Fail, yeah, fail fast and often um, because that's how you learn. Yep. So, you know, I think that's, that's an important thing to, to pull out too. Yeah. And, and it, as leaders that are out there, that is a huge, huge point, Desi, because you want your people, whether they're new or they've been here for five years, to trust you, to rely on you as a leader, and not to be afraid to critically think, not to be afraid Absolutely. to step out and make a decision that could cause some ramifications. Yeah. But if you as the leader say, man, fail fast, your success comes from multitudes of failure, you're going to get it. Yeah, I got I, your I mean, back. Think, think about the, the unity of your team mm-hmm. with part of your team meeting every week is uh, what's the number one thing you failed at? And the, the, you can't come up with one and you're, you're almost getting um, you know, corrected for not having yeah. failed at something. Like that is an absolute dichotomy. Um, that would really turn things around and really empower your team, yeah. right? Empower your, your, your sales team, your sales pros, your sales directors, your sales managers to go out and try stuff um, so that they're learning. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, wait a minute. You said that 50 to 80,000 thoughts, they're all negative, and now you're actually trying to say failure? Like, would you fail at and celebrate it? Yeah. What I'm trying to do is get rid of the stigma in the fear of failure, right? Your fear of the future is way worse mm-hmm. than the worst case scenario so in much. actuality. So true. It's never gonna be what you are afraid and what you think. So I want you to look forward to it. From point A to point Z, let's call it at point G, you are gonna fail. You just will. So what's my response to that? How do I feel about that? Yeah. And then what am I going to do about it? So if I'm asking that daily, I'm mm-hmm. killing the scary taboo and stigma of it and looking yeah. at, man, how can I build from it? Absolutely. And now, now mine, mine and, and this is what we do with our clients, is they come in automatically 8 p.m. every night. I get a text message and I have to fill out just the answers and it's like yes, no, and rated negative three to positive yeah. three. Was I a good husband today? Was I a good dad today? Like, did I make a difference today? Did we win or did we win or lose today? And the we part is really important in that. It's not about me, it's about us as a team. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you know what I do after I answer those questions? I watch stand-up comedy because that mm. ends my day with joy. And that is super helpful to That's me. Cool. It means so much to me to laugh and to be joyful when I before I go to sleep. It's a stupid, silly little quirk, 
uh, but it makes all the difference to me. I sleep like a baby. Wow, that's I mean, really I good. I can get a visceral chuckle. Yeah. Um, you know, not like Santa Claus, of course. But, well, that's good. Um, good stand-up. Shout out to Nate Bargatze. <laughs> absolutely. So. I think uh, a good uh, value shot to you guys here is Henry Ford. You know, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. You can prove it right or you can prove it wrong. It's up to you guys. Yeah. I mean, what you expect happens. If I expect little results, I'm going to get little results. Yeah. If I expect failure, ultimately I'm going to get failure. So mm -hmm. that's a powerful statement. Um, and then lastly, guys, the, is, is just the power of gratitude. Did you know that you cannot physiologically feel and be in a state of anxiety, stress, fear, and gratitude at the same time? They don't coexist. Like Gratitude takes over. Gratitude takes over. Yeah. You can't have that. And so practice, and I can't stress this enough, and this isn't like, you know, dear Lord, thank you for your food, or yeah, I'm thankful for my family. Practice focused gratitude. So when you start your day, right, and I don't care if there's circumstances that happen and you're on your way to the office and you're going to be late. You didn't get that time in, sit in the parking lot, close your eyes before you even step foot in the office, yeah. and think to myself, man, what am I truly thankful for? Until you feel it, okay? If I'm super stressed, personally, there's a lot going on, there's little tiny things that can throw you off course. Absolutely. And it's the mountain and the molehill. Right? The wind changes direction. Now, on the flip, if I can tap into what am I grateful for, and I can mm. see, you know, um, day three of my honeymoon scuba diving with my wife or snorkeling, I'm thankful. If I can see one of my kids, you know, hit a home run in baseball. Yeah. Right? What am I yeah. thankful for and truly believe that? I guarantee you that those obstacles, those things that you're facing become this big now because I'm ready to take on the day. Like, yeah, I'm in mean, that position. Like, scientifically, the chemicals overcome the negativity. Yes. Okay? It, and it really changes. And I, and I think, you know, going with that, when you do that well, it changes your expectation going into the day, too. Right? So if you're thankful, because the next step you take when you open the door, you're going to start to throw expectations on your day. So make sure that you're setting those well. And I, and I mean, I, I wrote this one down literally. What if your expectation on every sales call was that you will serve the client, you'll show them value, and they will choose your solution? Well, answer that question. Ask yourself that question. Mm. Instead of complaining, why me? Um, you know, why not me? All of those, the negativity piece, right? So... Make sure that you're managing your expectations, you're expecting the right thing. So being thankful, set your expectation, manage it to show value and to serve, right? And I think that really wraps up number three. That's the three steps. That's it. Right? Get in the right state is the last step there. Yeah. I mean, so just to, to wrap these up, to, to recap for a minute, the first step, getting out of that sales slump is one, understanding the negativity bias. Make sure we're being really self-aware. Mm -hmm. Second one was adjusting our narrative yep. because we can build that 
subconscious mind in a good way or in a bad way with the 50 to 80,000 yeah. thoughts that we have. And then number three was get in the right state of mind and using gratitude to do so and focusing on the right things, setting those expectations up and everything. Um, I think the overall, what's the big takeaway here? Emotional intelligence is incredibly powerful, super important, yeah. and will yield you a ton of results. They say the, um, the soft skills are actually hard yeah. right? and the most difficult. Emotional intelligence is one of those things. So use these three steps. Take this, train your sales team to get them out of that slump individually as a group. Doesn't really matter. But one of the ways to do that, I think we talked about self-talk a lot, you know, adjusting the mind. Um, but at the end of the day, talk to us about uh, what, what do we need to do? How do we go off and, uh, and handle our day today? Well, start with, start with one thing. Be intentional. Right? We've covered a lot, so go back and listen. We'll have some materials. If you guys w comment in the comments that you want the materials, we'll get you what you need in some of the visuals here that you see. Absolutely. But start small. Start with one thing. If that's, you know what, that seems kind of hokey, but I'm going to focus on gratitude. Start there. Absolutely. The key is be intentional and be consistent because that auto loop or that mixtape that's playing, if you allow it to, will just continue playing on default as it always has. So if, if you want different results, if you want to break out of that slump, start there. I yeah. want to set some time and set some standards there and just be consistent. Um, and then start to evaluate and assess. We're big on that. Uh, what's a success to us? Yeah. We do a lot with numbers and with sales. Today we're talking about mindset. Right, because it's the foundation. If I've given you a script, if I've given you processes, if I've given you psychology and sales, that Absolutely. doesn't matter if I'm coming into the appointment thinking I'm a failure and this guy's not a buyer. It doesn't. So we're starting there, and for you guys out there that are in these, maybe you're in a slump and going through this, intentional, consistency, understanding the idea of our loops and mixtapes that are in there, yeah. and you can reframe that narrative. Hey, so one of the things I think that'll be super helpful to, to help you on this process to get you started here is throw in the comments, which one of these steps do you struggle with the most? Are you the strongest at? Mm. Do you resonate with the most? Is it That's number good. one, understanding negativity bias? Is it number two, adjusting the narrative? Or is it number three, getting in the right state? Yeah. What are you the strongest at? Uh, you know, what do you want to learn more about? Throw that in the comments. That might be that first step uh, you know, of understanding your own negativity bias uh, and moving forward and breaking the heck out of this sales slump. Yeah, so you good. can close at 90, 100% Boom. and make it rain. Hey, thanks, guys. That's Appreciate a wrap it. on today. Thanks, guys. Um, have a powerful day. If you like what you see here, like, subscribe, share, uh, you know, hit all the buttons. Uh, we appreciate it. We want to help more people with as valuable as content as possible. And hey, we're always looking for great ideas uh, for more content. So let us know what uh, you want to learn more about and we'll do our best to make it happen. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Mainer Leadership Show, and have a powerful day.